1: Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate
0: change. Coal barons. Mining magnets. Activists. Bull. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning. You are listening to 3CR 855 AM Radical Radio. This is Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth's weekly show, bringing you updates from our grassroots campaigns on a number of environmental and social justice issues. My name's Em, am bringing you our show today. We've got Phil doing a secret panel behind the uh, off, off mic today, so thanks for joining us, Phil. And as always, we are coming to you live from the 3CR studios on Wurundjeri land, on the Kulin nation, stolen lands. And we'd like to acknowledge that sovereignty of these lands has never been ceded and pay our respect to elders, past, present and emerging. So today on the show, we've got uh, a bit of an update from the Energy Justice Collective. They've been through some big changes over the last year or so, and they've got lots on coming up for the next few months. So we've got Kate and Cam in the studio from that collective, and they're going to be letting us know what they're up to, including stuff to do with their No New Fossil Fuels campaign, week of action for the moratorium, and heaps more exciting stuff that they've got going on. Now, this year at Friends of the Earth, we are celebrating 45 years of resistance. That's 45 years we've been mobilising communities, resisting the oppressive forces of patriarchy and capitalism, and transforming our future to be free of destructive industries like coal and gas. Woohoo! Well, not woohoo for coal, but woohoo for Friends of the Earth! <laughs> And an exciting thing that the Dirt Radio team are going to be doing as part of the 45-year celebrations is that we're going to be doing a series of different radio shows to celebrate Friends of the Earth's 45-year history. And that's going to be starting on the 8th of October, Tuesdays, 3 till 4 p.m. We're going to have an hour-long slot to be doing some archiving and oral history telling of the history of our campaigns and what we've been doing over the last 45 years. So if you're interested in getting a bit more of a deeper cut than you might get on Dirt Radio, back into the archives, hearing some of the amazing stories of what we've been up to over the last 45 years, check it out. It's kicking off on the 8th of October. Exciting. Exciting. And another quick update before we start the show today is just a reminder for everyone that uh, the Jabberrung camp up near Ararat is still up and running. Um, there was a bit of a red alert, you know, about a month or so back, but there is still a frontline campaign up there. There's Jabberrung mob up on the country every day trying to defend from Vic Rhodes and Major Roads Victoria who are ready to come on at any point and start work. So if you're able to get up to the embassy head out there. It's um, just on the highway outside of Ararat, a few hours drive out of Melbourne, and it's really important that we get up and support those on the front line. So we're going to head to a CSA now, but after that we'll be chatting with Cam and Kate from Energy Justice Collective.
2: Red alert. Numbers are needed at the Japarang Heritage Protection Embassy Camps immediately sacred birthing trees on Japurung country need protecting. Over 50 generations have been born on these sites and the birthing trees themselves are 800 years old. These trees are being protected from the Victorian Labor Party's planned highway extension that is set to destroy this sacred dreaming landscape. The Campaign to Protect Country is led by Japurung traditional owners who are calling on people from all walks of life for support. You can help by joining traditional owners at the camp on Japurung country near Ararat or by donating and putting pressure on Daniel Andrews to protect this sacred land. Visit dwembassy.com for more information and updates. No trees, no treaty.
0: Good morning. You're listening to Dirt Radio. This is M, bringing you today's installation of our show. Today we are talking with Kate and Cam from the Energy Justice Collective at Friends of the Earth. And this is a collective that's undergone some big changes this year, switching gears from their former, formerly known collective of Quick Coal. And they're incorporating a bit of a just transitions approach with a view to have no new fossil fuels developments in Victoria. There's heaps going on with the campaign at the moment, so it's really great to have Kate and Cam in the studio this morning to give us an update. How are you guys going?
3: Doing good. Now that I've had my morning coffee, I was struggling a bit beforehand, but uh, yeah. no, I'm okay now. I'm alive.
0: Yeah, it's, mm. a, it's an early time slot, the uh, Dirt Radio, so thanks for being here. How are you going this morning, Cam?
1: Um, I'm all right. I'm not a morning person, but yeah. Um, yeah, I can't, can't, we wanted to do the radio show this morning, so yeah, I can't, here I am. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks,
0: thanks for joining us. So, it does seem like there's going uh, a lot going on with the collective at the moment. So maybe we'll start with the No New Fossil Fuels campaign that you've been working on. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, this is something which is developed, I guess, this year. Um, we've been working on a bunch of different things um, and we wanted to bring them all together. So uh, a new campaign that we kind of started at the start of this year um, was the Keep 90 Mile Beach Pollution Free Campaign, mm. which was about the um, a project that hasn't been talked about very much except in those areas um, but there was a, uh, a government funded uh, exploration to see if they wanted to do uh, this thing called carbon capture and storage mm. in, uh, off uh, 90 Mile Beach um, and I'm doing quotation marks, not that anyone can see <laughs> them when I say carbon capture and storage because it's kind of this... Um, it's this uh, technology which the industry has spruked up quite a lot, um, but the problem with it is it's often used to justify uh, new fossil fuel projects, and the technology doesn't actually... It's not feasible yet. Um, mm. It's not economically feasible, and also there have been many problems with its actual application. Um, a lot of the... Like, the industry will spruge, oh, look at all these international projects, but it has internationally been used uh, to actually uh, increase kind of the the ability to get oil and gas from mm. depleted wells by injecting CO two into these wells.
0: So, Ninety Mile Beach, for listeners who are out there who might not know, where's where's that located?
3: Uh, it's on kind of the the, the eastern coast of Gippsland. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if if folks know where Gippsland is, yeah. it's kind of uh, the it's east of Melbourne and it's like the farming area and it's also got um, kind of the the coal centre of Victoria. Mm. Um, so Ninety Mile Beach is uh, you guessed it, ninety miles long, uh, and it's a beach. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> right.
0: That's a very um a very descriptive way to to Thank put you. it. So thanks for that, Kate. <laughs> and just to go back to like just the concept of carbon capture and storage. So I feel like that seems to have a bit of almost like a green spin to it or something that it's we're capturing carbon out of the atmosphere or something that's got a bit of almost like a a new clean technology aspect to it. But what actually is carbon capture and storage?
3: Uh, it can be a couple of different things depending on its application, um, but like broadly speaking, it's taking CO two from a like either a gas or a coal project. Um, previously, they've been connected to power stations. This particular one's connected to a hydrogen plant, which is a whole other thing. So I'll <laughs> leave that over there. Uh, so it's taking this CO two that would be going into the atmosphere, and then. Uh, injecting it either into the ground or into the seafloor, which is what's happening... Well, which is what is proposed off 90 Mile Beach. Um, and the theory is that it works like a natural carbon sink where it'll stay there for billions of millions of years. Uh, but the process is actually quite destructive. Um, they mix it. They have to mix it with a bunch of different stuff to actually mm. get the CO2 into, like, a form that can be injected into the ground. One of those things is it carciogenic, which, you know people would like to not talk about, but they want to take that, inject that into the seafloor in an area that does, it has had small earthquakes in the past. Like it's, it's not, um, you know, there's no guarantee mm-hmm. it's going to stay there for again, a million billion years. Uh, and there's also the fact that the technology is just um, kind of not developed to the place where, everyone wants it to be Mm. so we know that yeah we have a climate crisis and that if we are going to you know reduce our co2 levels that are in the atmosphere we have to draw it back down but there are a lot of natural solutions that aren't being looked at like in the sort of way that you know they should be seriously considered like things like reforestation and at the very least stop chopping down you know the forests that we already have and we need to protect Mm. Uh, and things like you know seaweed farms that capture co2 that sort of Those sort of solutions which don't involve, you know, new fossil fuel projects claiming to be clean coal and then injecting that stuff into the ground where it, you know, may or may not poison the water table. It may or may not come back out. Who knows?
0: Yeah, it seems like when there's a, a technology that comes up, that seems like you know it might be the the catch-all or a way for us to just keep on going as business as usual. People are, are quick to rush to it before perhaps we've done all the right testing or figured out what's you know what are the benefits and what might be some of the detractors to it. And um, yeah, it's quite it's quite scary often. So it's good to see that um, the collective's been doing some work around that. So going from the 90 Mile Beach project and that carbon capture and storage. So how has the campaign developed from there?
3: Well, we were working on that, but we realised it is part of this much bigger picture in Victoria where there is a lot of understanding that we're moving away from coal, but it's how we do that. And of course, you know, justice has to be at the centre of that and sustainability has to be at the centre of that uh, if we're going to move to a better system than what we've had, which has been based on privatisation and pollution and industry private interests. Um, And so this was one project, but we started, yeah, seeing it in that bigger picture where it's connected to coal in the valley and all of the coal in the valley is connected to, you know, well, how are we going to transition? Are we going to use gas to transition? And there's this whole push for, Gas as a transition fuel, which of course it isn't, because it's another polluting CO two source, which will mm. you know drive the climate crisis. Uh, and so we were looking at this complex like web of stuff, and we're like, all right, how do we how do we like put that into one thing that's we can understand? And so, No your fossil fuels campaign was quite obvious <laughs> because it's what Victoria needs um, if we're going to take effective action on climate change, which. You know, a lot of communities and to the credit, the government has done some stuff which has been commendable um, on acting on climate change. Uh, but, you know, the f- surely the first step has to be stopping, stopping digging up the stuff. Mm. And so we wanted to put that all together because it is all part of the same story. Uh, and so, you know, voices are always stronger when they're united um, and there is the risk of, you know, industry getting in and trying to pit communities against each other which you know has been something they've done in the past Mm. and we you know we know that we need to be united and that we're all like on the same side we all care about a healthier more sustainable victoria so that was kind of where where it came from
0: yeah and cam have you been involved with some of this work like with the no No new fossil fuels campaign as well Mm.
1: yes yeah
3: yeah, Cam's been a stalwart at The Collective, so.
1: Great. And yeah. The... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I have I anything to say at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Well, feel free to jump in if you uh, have anything else you want to add at any point too. Hmm. And yeah. so um, I guess, you know, talking about the kind of um, the way that people are conceptualizing gas as a, a transition fuel or something like that, I guess I was thinking it's kind of interesting because... gas is a fossil fuel but it's kind of not always given the same heat say as coal or or that kind of thing so are there some you know big kind of myths or misconceptions around gas you think at the moment that are that are circulating?
3: Yeah there's um I mean a lot of people who've picked up a newspaper recently in Victoria will know that there is a bit of a, a scare campaign going on around gas like you know, prices going up, there's a gas storage, we have to unlock new gas, otherwise end of times. Um, But this is a scare campaign, and so we've been trying to kind of dig down to the truth and figure out what's been going on. Um, And something that's really, that I found quite interesting is that uh, Victoria's gas production has been going up since 2014. Um, No, sorry, our gas demand has been going down, but our prices have been going up. Mm. And so... Something there was, you know, obviously it's not the the simple story that everyone's saying that, you know, oh, if we unlock more gas, then prices will go down. Um, and so there has been a bit more uh, conversation going on about how we actually have kind of the gas companies are gaming the market. Like it, they're taking the gas in Victoria and selling it interstate or overseas. And the reason that, you know, people are spending so much money for gas, it's not because, you know, we're running out of gas. It's because it's being sent overseas and people are paying, they're competing with international customers. So Mm. it's a policy problem. It's not, you know, we're about, we're gonna run out of gas tomorrow problem. Um, And even as we have this conversation going, you know, we have a so-called shortage, but we are still locking in, you know, new gas demand with new housing estates, um, new gas intensive industries, where surely if we had a shortage, then those would be the first things, which are, you know, housing estates, pretty easy to you know make them electrical there's so much research and you know current examples of how um houses can be more energy efficient and they can be actually healthier you know if they're electric because think you know you're turning on a gas stove there are pollutants in your house um so those are some obvious first steps mm. that we could be doing except we're not and so they are part of this bigger kind of scare campaign that we need more gas um and that's pushing, you know, for these new gas developments, um, and we definitely,
0: yeah, it's interesting. I feel like in the policy space, you know, we see that with the electricity market as well, with the companies kind of uh, playing it out as if there's some sort of shortage problem to to keep the industry going, when it's really the price changes are a lot to do with their um, their policies and kind of making big profits um, for themselves and and not passing that information about where that's coming from onto the consumers, and. So in terms of looking for new gas in Victoria, um, I guess kind of, you know, historically, Quick Coal has been quite involved with gas campaigns in Victoria, was heavily involved with the lock the gate and the, you know, ban on fracking, which was amazing to get get that, (laughs) very exciting. So part of that um, piece of legislation that we got was also the moratorium on onshore gas drilling, until June 2020. So talk us through where that's at at the moment.
3: Uh, Well, we're starting to, we're kicking off our kind of campaign to extend the moratorium, uh, which we're really excited about and we want everyone to jump on board. Uh, So we've got a week of action that's coming up. Uh, It starts on October 5th um, and ends on October 13th. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we really want people to get on board. Uh, you, can, you can come on board as an individual or as a group um, and holding up a banner or a sign with the hashtag extend the moratorium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and
0: so for our listeners out there who are thinking, yeah, ban the moratorium, oh, sorry, extend the moratorium, not ban it, extend <laughs> it. What is a moratorium?
3: Uh, it basically means that uh, we won't have onshore conventional gas exploration happening in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the same as a ban. Like, a ban is permanent. And yes. the fracking ban um, has... I think it's in the process or it has been enshrined in the constitution, which is great. Um, so we're in a fracking here, which we do not want. Um, mm. and, but a moratorium is more like it's not happening, you know, at the moment. Or it's like a ban until a certain point and then it'll be revised. Yeah. Um, and, like, obviously because of the climate crisis and because of the impacts of conventional gas, uh, it's quite damaging for Victoria. So um, long-term energy justice would like to work towards ban, but at the moment we're calling for an extension of the moratorium.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And so there's an opportunity for people to get involved in their communities, say that they want to see an extension to the moratorium. How are you finding, like, obviously, you know, the Lock the Gate campaign was really driven by communities in the regions really standing against the fracking industry and saying we don't want this to happen. How are you finding um, in general with the no new fossil fuels and also this extend the moratorium? Like, has it been received in communities as well?
3: It's been received really like well in its different parts, but it is a it's a big kind of conversation to have. And obviously communities have their own fights um, and their focus has to be on that fight. And that's where we want to do some of, like, the backup work um, connecting those things. Uh, people have been responding really well to this idea of, you know, connecting the different fights and helping people support each other. Um, in regards to... Did you meet... Sorry, was the question... The Non-Your-Fossil Feel Specific or the Moratorium?
0: I was asking about both, but maybe if there's a different answer for each one, you can...
3: Um, well, it's it's been, I guess... Yeah, it's it's still in the process of uh, both of them beginning. So um, there's, like, a lot of work that goes into, like, you've got to go and you've got to listen because people would have a different take on each thing. Um, and it has been, like, the fracking ban, like, getting that was a very long campaign. So there are people who are still getting back into that space. Um, and so I think it's really important that people who have extra capacity or people who haven't been engaged before to get involved with these fights because there's peop- there are a lot of people who've been doing a lot of work and it's great to have new energy and new voices um, backing up that expertise and experience uh, and helping out taking this, this
0: fight into the future. Absolutely. Got to always get some of that fresh energy in to support the people who have been, uh, you know, standing behind some of these issues for a long time and it's amazing work that they do kind of tirelessly going back at it again and again. And so what else is coming up on the horizon for The Collective?
3: Uh, one of the next big things that we've got coming up is our Fossil Frontlines community tour. Um, this is kind of how we wanted to launch the No New Fossil Fuels campaign, uh, because we wanted to actually go to the communities and hear what they had to say uh, and like have have that conversation, but also have it in a way that... You know, people who can't get there um, and people in the city can learn about it and learn how they can get involved and how they can support the front lines in Victoria. Um, I I come from regional Victoria um, and it's, it's great growing up there, but it is kind of. Difficult sometimes to move from the regional to the metro space, and I think a great opportunity for this tour is that people who you know aren't from those specific communities or are from um, more of a metro area uh, can either join in online or they can actually go and listen on the front lines um, and hear about like what's happening on the ground in these communities that are only really a few hours from Victoria, uh, and so. Uh, Cam, did you want to talk about the fossil frontlines schedule for the communities we're going to?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess the the, the the four that you were talking about it was the Western Port, um, you No know, AGL campaign, uh, the ninety mile beach um, carbon capture storage, um, and then what, the, so the, the Foed Valley, and then there was the fourth one was in There, there was, uh, was. Do you remember what it was? Sea spray. Sea spray. For uh, new gas. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's in, in, in the same area as the 90-mile bit pretty much. But it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll go. We'll, go, we'll be going up there the a few weeks. Um, I think there will be six or seven days in each of them, right?
3: We'll be in each community for one day, but focusing that week kind of on those issues, so that we can really explore them.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Great. Well, that sounds like really important work. And it's so good to see, um, you know, a group of people actually doing the work of bringing together a whole no new fossil fuel campaign. Obviously, there's been lots of little micro bits happening here and there over the years. But I think, you know, it's important to bring that focus back to the fact that we are in a climate crisis and we do need some overarching kind of um, drive that actually we need to stop fossil fuels. (laughs) So it's great to see. And for people out there who might be listening and think, oh, this sounds awesome, how could they get involved with the collective?
3: Uh, The collective meets on um, Wednesday nights, fortnightly. Uh, And so you can, people are welcome to come along to collective meetings. Um, Obviously, all hands on deck because no new fossil fuels is a big goal, but it's one that I think, you know, it's really Mm. exciting. And Um, is that
0: fortnightly like this week or next week? Would that be? uh, This week.
3: Yep. So uh, we're at the we're at Friends of the Earth from six o'clock till seven thirty. Um, you can also check out our social media. So we have a Facebook page, um, Energy Justice Victoria. Uh, folks are welcome to PM us, um, or you can check out our, our website. We have um, that all of the information in regards to like non new fossil fuels and the uh, fossil frontlines tour and the. Sorry, that's not to remember. Uh, Week of Action for the Moratorium. Um, It's on our social media and our website. And if you can't find it there, find it on the Friends of the Earth Melbourne website.
0: Um. Awesome. All right, well, thanks so much for um, joining us today, Kate and Cam. Seems like you've got heaps of good work coming up. Thanks for being in the studio.
3: Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been cool.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
2: Red alert! Numbers are needed at the Japurung Heritage Protection Embassy camps immediately. Sacred birthing trees on Japurung country need protecting. Over 50 generations have been born on these sites and the birthing trees themselves are 800 years old. These trees are being protected from the Victorian Labor Party's planned highway extension that is set to destroy this sacred dreaming landscape. The campaign to protect country is led by Japarang traditional owners who are calling on people from all walks of life for support. You can help by joining traditional owners at the camp on Japarang country near Ararat or by donating and putting pressure on Daniel Andrews to protect this sacred land. Visit dwembassy.com for more information and updates. No trees, no treaty.
0: Hello, this is Dan Salton and you're listening to 3CR Blackfellow Radio, Melbourne. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. It's just about 9.53 a.m. This is M. I am here with you for this week's installation of the show. And we have been chatting with Kate and Cam about Energy Justice and the collective and what they've been up to at the moment. Lots of great stuff. And if you did want to catch any of that, hop onto their social media or onto the Friends of the Earth Melbourne social media and you can find out what they're up to. And, of course, if you miss the interview or any of our shows, you can always catch up on a podcast. They're available on 3cr.org.au slash dirtradio. And if you do want to power Radical Radio and support 3CR, you can always jump onto the website or give them a call at the wonderful station 9419 8377. Become a member. Give a beautiful donation, whatever you're able to. It's all much appreciated. And as we are coming to the tail end of the show, it's time for us to give a bit of an update on events that are coming up at Friends of the Earth in the next few weeks. So as Kate and Cam mentioned before, a big action we've got coming up next week from the 5th to the 13th of October is the week of actions to extend the onshore gas moratorium. So as you heard, the Victorian community has fought long and hard to ban fracking in the state and got a moratorium on the onshore conventional gas drilling. So we want to get that extended. So as Kate mentioned, you can just do a simple action to show your opposition to the new gas drilling in the state. Just a quick photo with a core message, extend the onshore moratorium, get creative, you know, you never know what you might come up with. Maybe you could do a human sign. I don't know. (laughs) It's up to you. See, figure it out, you know, even a a banner, whatever you want. It's all about creative resistance here at Friends of the Earth. So... um, Get creative is what I'll say to that. And if you want to check out some inspiration for that, you can hop onto the Friends of the Earth Melbourne Facebook page for our event. And also coming up next week from the 7th to the 13th of October, we have the Spring Rebellion coming up. So Extinction Rebellion is going to be out on the streets calling for climate justice. And Friends of the Earth are going to be down at the Carlton Gardens base camp with a tent. We'll be offering stories of resistance, sharing skills, and shining a light on how to speak truth to power. We're going to be running a few targeted actions during the week to expose some climate blockers, corporations who are blocking climate action. And we'll join the week of action that we mentioned just before and highlight some of the frontline issues for climate justice that we're working on. So come down and say hi. Come along and speak truth to power. There's going to be a lot happening that week. So, um, yeah, it'll be good to, to be a part of it. And on Sunday badge making with Yes to Renewables. That's happening from 11.30 to one thirty. This will be a working bee to make some new badges for the Yes to Renewables campaign and help with their push for renewable energy powered trains. And of course, that will probably be in the Friends of the Earth upstairs in the Yammy Lester meeting space, a wonderful place to hang out and Make a badge. Come along to hang out with the Yes Renewables Collective on Sunday if that sounds like it might be up your alley. And, of course, there's always so many ways to get involved at Friends of the Earth, and you can check out our Facebook page for events. As usual, there will be weekly collective meetings and there's always a lot coming on, going on in our space. That's about all we've got time for today on Dirt Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next week at the same time for the next installation of Debt Radio and keep your ears peeled as well for our upcoming 45 Years of Resistance series that's starting on the 8th of October, Tuesday, 3 till 4pm. Today we're going to be heading out on the track Letter to the Editor by Thievery Corporation and up next we've got the Curry Survival Show.
4: of promises baby be be empty bellies poverty and democracies and political rallies but who the rich i love it for using it for votes that me you're sorry for them winning it's a joke i'm sick of trick-or-treaters in costume disguised with leaders charismatic public speakers false profit and fake healers i think they propaganda grammar scammers scamming us for votes in front of tv camera with an innocent approach no more lies and policies one apologies trying to ask please when i squeeze on your on your knees justice or else is the minutes of harris hands so i'm stand up a garden house with my glock up in my hand if i take it literally I'm kinda sorry, but smarly need to answer what them really do to press Give me the microphone, I make me rip the innocent. pain. recompense for money spent to feed the government. Give me the microphone, get the people riled up. Too much fuckery piled up, get the thing them eyed up. Parallel universes in the same old hemisphere. Authorities they don't care with them nose up in the air. As I walk up, they're residences Extend up to the trenches up to where the president is Calm up upon the ones and twos, yes it turn the tables Had enough for you with your parables and tables. Jamaican bad girl, queen and revolutionary Never quick to start a war, but shoot whenever necessary Product of the inner city Where me come from it not pretty Survive the nitty gritty, ain't nobody taking pity Survive a kind of tricky in New York, Cali and Philly Are the same thing I go on down a king's unseason I don't want to bomb them They both are the dark age. We are part ways with the presser. See, predecessor, we up and punch us and with team. My microphone for a shotty and some of sound Just be ready when they give us down One of a leg round fuss just around us So we never nerve up What's a mental war? Now this shit turned physical From long time scars we are reap the While From slavery to now Now the thing get critical Them can't kill with school Cause them sights are with spiritual sites are with school, So they be like Hey, prod the bull on the sights we subliminal Get them attention